Hi, this is Therapeutic Cuisine and I'm Chef Kelly York. I specialize in developing recipes that use natural and medicinal ingredients to target and alleviate various human health conditions. Today's show we're going to talk about lactose intolerance. Two-thirds of the population is lactose intolerance. Lactose is a milk sugar that you find in dairy foods, in soft cheeses, actually all cheeses to some extent, and there's two kinds of uh, dairy problems. One is the lactose intolerance and the other is a milk allergy. They're very different conditions. The lactose intolerance is not going to kill you, but uh, an allergy can if you have an, a reaction that's bad enough to go into anaphylactic shock. With lactose intolerance, you can avoid dairy foods and you can even eat some to a certain extent. It depends on how much lactase is in your gut. Some folks will take lactase supplements before they eat a dairy product and some folks are actually lactase persistent later in life and those people usually have an ancestry that goes back to either northern European or eastern African like the Sudan or Tanzania because those types of people uh, herded cattle and so their bodies actually uh, learned how to deal with the dairy foods, um, but that's a very small part of the population. Also, if you're like Northern European, say um, the Austrian uh, Alps, uh, all those dairy cattle parts of the world, your ancestry will help you be lactose or lactase persistent. But for the rest of us, we have to deal with being a little lactose intolerant well into all of our adult years, but it will not, again, kill you. The symptoms, though, are a little uncomfortable. Gas and bloating, it can be nausea. Um, so one of the ways that we can deal with that is to eat dairy-free foods or take some lactase tablets before you eat uh, dairy food. So today we're going to focus on some recipes that um, are not very uh, lactose-containing ingredients or have none at all. And also, these recipes are developed to be the kind of recipes where you would probably expect dairy to be some of the ingredients. So let's get started. We're going to make a coconut creme caramel today. And creme caramel is a lovely dessert that normally is made with an egg and milk custard. Today, we're going to use coconut milk and coconut products and uh, show you how to do that at home. It's really easy to make. It's one of those things that when you go out to a restaurant, you think maybe it's a little more difficult to make than it really is. So let's go ahead and get started. First thing I'm going to do is take some coconut milk and a little bit of coconut palm sugar. And coconut palm sugar comes from the coconut palm tree, and they actually take the blossoms, and the nectar from the blossoms is uh, dehydrated into crystals. So the palm tree can do two things. You can either let it mature into the coconuts and make the coconut oil products, or you take the blossoms and don't let them get to the coconut fruit stage, 
And so the tree can't do both. So there is some controversy out there of what's the best use of the palm tree. Do we need to make more sugars? Because we certainly have a lot of those in the world. But it's a lovely sugar because it does have some extra nutrients in it. I'm going to let this get melted, the two, uh, the coconut milk and the sugar together. And I'm getting already a very nice looking tan color that is very pretty and lovely. I'm going to put this aside for a second and make the caramel. Now the caramel is also going to made, be made with the coconut palm sugar. I'm going to add that to my skillet with a little bit of coconut oil and melt it. It takes about two minutes. Here we go. It's just starting now to come to, come to the melting point. Coconut sugar acts a little bit differently than just pure sucrose does. See that, that color starting to turn a little creamy looking. Now I'm going to go ahead and put this in the bottom of the cocottes and work as fast as I can because as soon as I pull this off the heat it'll start hardening. I'm going to go ahead and pour that into my cocotte dishes. Just a little bit in each one. And now I'm going to finish the custard. I'm going to take my warm milk and pour it into the bowl here. And temper my eggs. So the eggs are going to go into my pot. I'm going to give that a whisk. I'm going to add my warm milk slowly so I don't curdle the eggs. And this is my custard base. That will go over the caramel. Actually, I'm going to add a little bit of coconut extract. A little extra boost of flavor. And I'm going to pour that right over the caramel. And I've put water in this baking dish, so I'm going to have a water bath, which is much more gentler on the eggs as it cooks in the oven. I'm going to go ahead and pop this in the oven, clean up. We're going to start another recipe, and I'll be right back. make a non-dairy Swedish meatball recipe. Swedish meatballs usually have a browned cream sauce base. We're going to use a non-dairy cream cheese for the base of this sauce. So let's We're going to start by making a basic bechamel sauce. So I'm going to take some almond oil rather than butter because butter has dairy and some flour to make a roux. I'm going to let that cook for one or two minutes to cook out the starch flavor. So next what I'm going to do is slowly whisk in 
some of my milk, and this is a, a coconut milk. And when this starts to boil, it'll thicken up. Those starch granules will swell up and thicken the sauce. Then I'm going to remove it from the heat. My sauce is now starting to tighten up. Just going to let it go a little tad longer. Just starting to boil. And we are there. Okay, I'm removing it from the heat and I'm going to add some non-dairy cream cheese product. There's several of them out there on the market. You can get them at almost any retail grocery store. I'm going to mix that in until it melts and the sauce is smooth. Grab my whisk here. Now I'm going to season this a little bit with some dill weed. Beautiful green flecks in there. Some nutmeg. salt and pepper. And that's it for my sauce. So now I'm going to go ahead and make my meatballs. I'm going to start out with my ground beef. And I recommend that you get a grass-fed 100% grass-fed. When you go to the grocery store and a package says that it's grass-fed, it means that the beef might have been fed with a conventional corn diet and like the last day before slaughter they're fed some, uh, some time on the grass. You want 100% grass-fed beef because it has a higher omega-3 content. All the nutrients in that grass does very good things for the animal and the meat that you eat. So. I'm using a 95% lean ground beef that's 100% grass-fed. And to that, I'm going to add some ground flaxseed, which is full of um, lignans and fibers and um, omega-3, ALA, fatty acids. I also add some mashed potatoes. This gives some um, oh, binding effect into my meat and some chopped onions. That's purely for flavor. I'm also, I'm also going to add an egg product. And if you are allergic to eggs, you would use a egg substitute here. You could also use a combination of chia seeds and water. The chia and the water has been mixed together and it's rested for about five minutes. It'll gel up real nicely. And you can use that in any baking um, as a substitute. 
I'm also going to add seasonings here, some mustard, dry mustard, salt, pepper, allspice, and nutmeg. and get that nice and evenly blended. Mm. Spices are so good for you, so healthy. Cook with them with abandon. <laughs> Next, I'm going to take my meat and make my meatballs. Some folks will make meatballs and then uh, saute them in a pan. That really is a lot of trouble and they can fall apart. So what I like to do is make my meatballs, foil line my sheet pan or your cookie sheet, and then bake my balls in the oven. So I'm going to go ahead and make my meatballs here about oh, three quarters of an ounce, bite size. You can make them bigger if you prefer, but I like to make about a three quarter ounce meatball for the Swedish meatballs. If you're going to make them for cocktail balls, you might want to make a little bit smaller, like a half an ounce. So on the sheet pan they go. You can use nonstick foil or you can spray your foil with a little bit of uh, cooking spray and pop them in the oven for about 30 minutes. And that's all there is to it. So I'm going to go ahead, finish these and get them in the oven, clean up a little bit and be right back. My favorite steak recipe and as usual I like to use some products that I'm really a big fan of Spice World they got their minced squeezed garlic so you can just have their garlic in the jar both incredible product they're one in the same product so let's let's get started when it comes to garlic they definitely have you covered just go to spiceworldinc.com and you can find out all uh, of their products their delicious recipes some tips and stuff like that Now we're going to make an egg-free and a dairy-free French toast. This is a great recipe for people who have an egg or dairy intolerance. I'm going to start out by taking a Bird's custard powder. Now Bird's custard powder is a product that a man named Mr. Bird invented years ago for his wife who, who had an egg allergy and was allergic to uh, dairy as well. The custard powder is also used a lot in, say, Great Britain to make puddings. And what it is is a starch-based powder with uh, some yellow food coloring. I'm going to go ahead and put that into some almond milk and let it dissolve. You can see it's turning yellow. I'm also going to uh, flavor that with some almond extract. One of the things that I uh, typically do is add the liquid to the dry so that it doesn't take as long for the powder to dissolve. It'll, it'll blend in a little bit more smoothly. But there we go. It looks like it has a beautiful egg and milk color. And now I'm going to soak my bread. So you can use any of your favorite uh, breads. I 
I particularly like to use a whole wheat bread or a whole grain bread. You want to put about half of the mix onto that and we're going to soak a couple of these pieces. Make sure they get covered with the liquid. Next I'm just going to pan fry them and most people know how to do that but let's go ahead and get them going. Let me heat up my uh, oil. You want to use a non-dairy so no butter. Use a, you could use clarified butter however. Get those bread slices in there. I don't think there's a person in the world who doesn't like French toast. Go ahead and do some more while they start to toast on me. You will never suspect that these were not made with eggs or dairy product. Now instead of using uh, maple syrup with all that um, sugar, we're going to make a fruit sauce. You can use any fruit in season, um, particularly recommend berries, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries. You can also get berries all winter long by checking your freezer department. So many of the grocery stores stock them now because people will make smoothies out of them. The berries are very high in the polyphenols and those anthocyanins. Very healthy, um, helps ward off cancers and the, anything blue is going to have that anthocyanins. Alright, my French toast is starting to get cooked here. That vanilla or almond extract that you use will start wafting up to your nose as you cook this. It's really a pleasant smell. Let's go ahead and give these a flip. I'm going to go ahead and start making my sauce. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use blueberries today. And as I mentioned before, you can use any of the blueberry, blackberry, raspberry, but the berries are really particularly nice for uh, French toast. Into a pan, I'm going to add my blueberries and I'm going to take a vanilla bean. And this is a whole vanilla bean and I'm going to split it down the center to open it up and scrape out the seeds with my knife and they're going to go right on top of the blueberries. There's little black seeds here that 
look almost like a paste. All that essence is just fabulous. We'll, it will just boost any recipe out the door. And you can get the vanilla beans in your grocery store. They come in jars, whole like this. This will take vanilla extract and just run away with it. The extract is usually mixed with alcohol. And once I get the bean scraped out, I'm going to just throw the rest of the bean in for the cooking process here. Get every little bit I can. So I'm going to put that into the pan. I'm going to add some coconut palm sugar to my berries. And if they're frozen, you can start out with them frozen. Uh, you don't need to thaw them. And I'm going to let that cook down a little bit. Just want them to come to a boil. When they start to get a little hot, some of the liquid's going to cook out here. Okay, I'm going to actually add some lemon juice. That brightens the flavor. It's an acid that um, will also keep the color set. It also gives me a little bit more liquid to move around. The berries will start emitting their juices as the temperature comes up. Some of them might even pop or split. And now that it's boiling and it's totally blanched, I'm going to remove it from the heat. And I would either use my hand immersion blender or put it into a blender or just skip that all together, which I'm going to do today. I'm going to go ahead and sieve that. Pour it into my china cap. I'm going to take a rubber spatula and just press against the edge here. and the berries will drain. And I'm going to have a very thin, delicious, simple syrup to put over my French toast. If you don't have a china cap, you can use a strainer. There's several kinds. I wouldn't use, I wouldn't recommend a colander though, the holes are kind of big. Though, if you like having some of the skins come through, that's fine too. I'm just going to discard the vanilla bean pod and any pits that would remain, say if you're using blackberries or raspberries. Now I'm really starting to get the good stuff here. And that's it for the sauce. There's nothing else you need to do. So I'm going to go ahead and clean up a little bit here, pull everything out, and we will do a little wrap-up of our lactose intolerant recipes. Hi, I'm Chef Joseph Minera with Taste This Television. Take a look at this gear right here. Chef Revival knows how to form comfortability for chefs out there, for chefs in the kitchen, heat resistant, the look, the feel. Hey, you're working in the kitchen all day long. You want something that you're going to be comfortable in. Well, Chef Revival has got you covered. Everything from chef hats to chef pants to chef jackets and different kinds of apparel that the chef at home can use. So for more information 
And to find out some more incredible products on their site, log on to ChefRevival.com. Now we have all three lactose intolerant recipes. We started out with making a creme caramel out of coconut milk and bird's custard. And one of the things that I like to do before I serve it is whip up some coconut cream and top that on each serving and then maybe garnish it with some sliced bananas, um, some toasted coconut. Sometimes I even make a strawberry lavender sauce and garnish with some fresh strawberries. There's all kinds of ways you can get creative to uh, garnish the creme caramel. Next we made a dairy and egg free French toast and we topped that with a berry sauce, very simple, uh, instead of pancake syrup or maple syrup and a little bit of coconut nectar uh, to sweeten it. I like to serve that sometimes with some nice healthy sauteed greens and maybe a turkey sausage. Uh, finally, we made our Swedish meatballs that have a dairy-free cream cheese and dill sauce. And you can serve that on a platter and nappe the sauce over it, or you can uh, serve it with some toothpicks that you can dip into the sauce or put it in a chafing dish and serve it over noodles or rice. I like to garnish it with a little bit more dill. And then you could serve noodles on the side. But a very nice rich dairy flavor to it. So there we have it. Three lactose intolerant recipes that you can enjoy if you can't uh, digest milk. I'm Chef Kelly York and this is Therapeutic Cuisine. And as the father of medicine said, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. I'll see you again soon.